Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I'm your host, Gian Lemmy, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chad Simpson. Hey, Chad. Hey, hey Gian. Chad, today is a special episode. We wanted to send a bonus episode to everybody. Um, Valentine's Day is on Sunday, yeah. and we wanted to bring in a guest with a different perspective. Um, and that perspective um, is coming from Beth Walker. She's actually a coach's wife who wrote a book called Lessons from the Sidelines. Um, and she has a blog and a website um, that you can check out at LessonsFromTheSidelines.com. Um, but Chad, I had a funny story about a little bit related to Valentine's Day. When you graduated, um, you were two years older than me. So we played for two years. When you graduated, you were the team captain. And then you passed down that baton to me for me to lead the team for two years. And you wrote me a nice letter. I don't know if you remember this, but you wrote me a very nice letter um, about how Moses trained Joshua so that Joshua could lead the Israelites through, you know, to the promised land. But the problem was that Joshua didn't lead somebody else to become the leader later, um, didn't train that person. And that stuck to me. Still, I still remember it today, you know, but but the issue was that it somehow folded the letter into a heart shaped like uh, origami style. I don't know if you did it or if Vimy Ibley did it, but you you uh, folded it in a heart shaped. So that got me, got me in some hot waters with Meredith. Do you remember that? <laughs> I don't I don't remember that, but that's uh, that's gold. That's a good lesson. Yeah, yeah. So Meredith's like, who's giving you heart letter shape? You know, heart shaped letters. And I was like, <laughs> well, it's just Chad. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. That's so uh, but, good. But coaches, we wanted you to share this this um, this episode with you guys, this interview, because Beth gives a perspective of the partner, right? So, so we just hear so many times we're hearing every every week from coaches, but we want to bring a perspective of somebody who is not a coach. It's a coach's partner and the struggles, the blessings, and how they can also have a mission field right where they're at as well. Yeah, it's such a, a ministry, you know, for sure the, the husbands need to um, be leading their wives well, but there's such a ministry for Beth to come in and help serve uh, coaches' wives and uh, really essential. I know for, for our family, it's not always been easy um, and and Beth gets into a lot of the, the hurdles and the, and the struggles um, and we are so excited for this. Thankful for Beth. And uh, let's get into this interview right now. Mrs. Walker, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We like to start um, with a power question. And that is, what does it mean to you to be a Christian wo- coach? So um, thanks for having me. Um, to me, uh, being a Christian coach means uh, to... Um, reflect Christ in everything you're doing, whether that's on the field or whether that is in your engagements off the field with the athletes. From your experience now being on the sidelines of, a, you know, being the wife of a coach for so many years, what are some of the characteristics of, of a Christian coach that you can, that is visible to you from the sidelines? Mm-hmm. Um, so we have, uh, in 20 years, we have spanned both the public and private uh, coaching worlds. And, um, you know, I think that it's been uh, interesting to see my husband be consistent. And even when, you know, he can't say the word Jesus, 
<laughs> in his conversations with athletes uh, to press them to uh, be their best uh, character, just to live their best character and uh, to model that um, consistently. And so, you know, when we are not um, practicing what we're preaching, our athletes will observe that, whether that's in the classroom or when they see us out shopping and, or when they wait on us in a restaurant. <laughs> and so, you know, just, um, you know, for us as a couple, it's been, we've been intentional to have them in our homes. And when they see us serving each other, or when they see my husband um, talking about what it means to be a leader um, as a father, and then they see him doing that when um, they're just observing him, not when he's, you know, putting on a show, but when he's just taking care of his kids, those consistent actions are really what makes the impact. Yeah, that's a, that's a good thought. Um, tell us a little bit now about your background um, from your childhood um, all the way to now where you publish your, your first book. Yeah, so um, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago and went to Trinity International University, uh, where I met my husband. I was an athletic training major, and he was a football player. So we met. Uh, we had classes together and met on the. Um, he was uh, playing football. I was an athletic trainer. We were friends until um, his last. He's a year ahead of me. Yeah, he didn't date until after his last game. Which is really proud of but whatever and so um but we started dating my junior year and um he was really upfront you know he wanted to be a college coach and he wanted to make sure that i knew what i was getting into and we had great mentors in his head coach at the time who understood that it was going to be a crazy ride if that's what we decided to do and so they were really willing to be transparent with us and so as we moved around, um, I started my blog as a way to allow our family who we did not live near, because that's what happens when you coach the college level, yeah. to uh, get to uh, see pictures of their first grandbaby, because um, our older son is the first grandchild on both sides. And I could not get pictures out quick enough. And I could not remember who I was sending them to. <laughs> and so, you know, having a blog was the easiest way to do that. And other coaches' wives started reading it as I, you know, would say, like, this is what's happening in our chaotic world. And our boys are 20 months apart, which was a surprise. And, you know, it was very chaotic. And um, I went to convention and realized that people were reading it and finding it comforting in some ways. And, um, I started writing for a devotional blog called The Glorious Table, and the editor um, said, I think you've got some talent here. Have you ever thought about writing something more? And kind of took me in, under her wing in a mastermind group. And um, a lot of my blog content then evolved into what uh, is um, lessons from the sidelines. Well, that's that's good. Um, my... I showed it to my wife as I'm doing research for this podcast. I, I showed it to my wife and, and my wife was like, oh, this is this is what I needed, you know, seven, eight years ago when we first started, when we got married and I became a coach right away. Um, I think it even helped me have that because um, we always talk to coaches, but we're never really talking to the coaches' wives. Um, but to have that perspective of, oh, this is what the the other side in, in you know, in quotations feel like um 
And it took me a while to understand that my decisions affect my wife as well, you know, right after we got married and the coaching. And um, so I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for you to put that on a blog um, that other people can read and wives can, can relate to it. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's a huge compliment. (laughs) Um, What, what part does vulnerability of actually being truly honest about the journey play in becoming a successful blog and people uh, reading it all the time? Yeah, so I am really blessed that uh, my husband up front said, you know, um, I understand that you have a calling just like I do and um, that you, um, I'd been mentoring coaches, wives um, in person when he became a head coach. Uh, We had a younger staff and even the coaches, wives from some of the other of other sports, um, had, uh, we developed a Bible study and, um, you know, he could just tell that they were learning from some of my mistakes and that that was important to me that, you know, I, if someone could learn from something that I had, had learned along the way and, and not have a difficult time of it, that that was, that was good for me. Like I, I, I took joy in, um, them having a smoother ride in this difficult, uh, life, (laughs) this thing, this life that can have some challenges. And so, um, he was just willing to step back and say, you know, I mean, obviously I trust that you'll be respectful of our marriage, but if there's something that needs to be shared, share it. And in fact, I kept saying to him, as I was writing this book, are you sure you don't want to read that? You know, are are you sure there's not something you want to read? And he ended up not reading it until I'd already submitted it to my editor or right before I submitted it. And he did not ask me to take anything out, which I don't know if I would have felt the same way. (laughs) So I give him a lot of props for that, but he's been my biggest supporter through everything. And, um, you know, but I think that's what we do, right? That's what partners do for each other. Yeah. What, what did writing the book teach you about yourself? So I process through, I've learned that, um, I don't necessarily even understand a concept fully until I've written it out. And so a lot of times I'll sit down to, to share like, okay, this is a question that I'm answering for someone. And as I'm writing it out and kind of saying, okay, this is how this goes, or this is something that we've learned along the way. Um, as I'm, as that blog post is formulating, um, I can, as I'm reflecting through the journey, or even if it's something that's in present day, um, I'm figuring it out. And, you know, it really, until I bought it out on paper or, you know, in, um, in web form, that's really when I'm formulating it as well. And I just think that there's, you know, something to be said about getting the words out of your head into some form. (laughs) So whether you journal when you pray, um, you know, I do think that God can teach us different ways. And for me, I learn best when it's in some type of a structure that way. I think that if if you could summarize the book in one sentence, it would be the quote, (laughs) clarify your calling, bloom where you're planted and thrive in your sweet spot. Um, Yeah. What, what, why are they each, each of these phrases important And uh, why did you pick those three to be basically the summary of your book? Mm -hmm. So the first three chapters really focus on the wife who 
um, is kind of along for the ride and maybe has lost herself along the way. And, um, I, my goal is to really come alongside her and say, Hey, you are not lost. You can do this. Um, because before you married this amazing guy, God had a plan for you too. And it's still there somewhere. And so, um, there are distinct things, um, that, uh, processes that you go through. So first you got to remember what that calling was and still is, and our calling can evolve. Um, it does evolve. Like before you were a mom, your calling isn't necessarily to be a mom. And then, you know, as your kids grow, it shifts as well. And so, um, you know, you clarify what it is in present day your calling is. And then, um, you know, blooming where you're planted is really that reality of just accepting where you are because coaches move to some pretty crazy places and, you know, you may be encountering a group of people that you just never thought you would be called to serve. And the reality is that part of coaching is a ministry. And so sometimes there's an, a, a need to adapt to the people in front of you. And so, and I have seen a lot of wives say, when we go to the next place, that's when I'll start to thrive. And so um, my challenge is to not wait. There's always something that can be done. And so whether it's, um, I try to use the analogy of like, you're always doing something to build your resume. So whether you're listening to podcasts or, or taking a class or you're actually starting to mentor someone, um, you know, whatever it is, you're building towards your um your, you know, future business or your future ministry. And so I use a lot of stories from other women who have very different and distinct callings to try to cast vision of what that could look like in different stages. Um, and then the last thing is thriving in that sweet spot because you could have the exact same calling as someone else, but it can look completely different. And so it's really finding that niche that is saying, I am created with unique gifts and talents. And when they're combined and ordered in a very specific way by my creator, that's when I'll thrive. Um, the tagline of our podcast is, remember coach, the mission field is right where you're at. So the yeah. bloom where you're planted really resonated with us um, because it, it, it means it's the same thing. Like you can't, and I think sometimes coaches speaking from, a, you know, a coach, it's we're always looking somewhere else like, oh, what's the next step in my career? What's the next step in this and that? And sometimes we forget that we can impact the people right where we're at, right? Our coaches right now, our staff right now, our players right now, our neighbors. Um, but we're always looking forwards instead of living in the moment. Yes. And coaches' wives can get caught in that too. If a coach is saying that, then they may not want to put down roots because it's like, well, my husband's already saying he's going to move on. And so you hesitate to invest in the people around you. Yeah, that's true. Is there a way for us to know if we are living in our sweet spot currently? Yeah. So in, um, so in my book, I include a seven step action plan on how I uh, figured out my calling and it involved, it was fairly, um, lengthy in the sense of, we don't want to 
all away. We still want him to buy your book. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it was, it was long, but what I try to do is give you guys the shortcuts, like, Hey, don't let it take you um, like 26 years, you know, but in the sense of like, um, you know, it's going to involve other people. Like you're going to have to have some mentors around you who can speak truth into you. Like you're not going to figure this out on your own. You're going to have to have, you know, you want to be involved in a good church community. Who's going to make sure that they're investing in you. And that's difficult when you're moving around, right. Yeah. To find a good church community. Um, but at least having a mentor, which you could do over the internet now, even if you, you need to, um, but really just um, having a few people that are investing in you consistently and then um, who can speak truth over you, even in difficult seasons. And also, you know, consistently being in the word so that you are hearing it for yourself and discerning it for yourself, whether than filtering it through other people's um, opinions or, um, you know, even their own discernment because everyone has their own filter. And so, you know, being able to do that, I think is really important. Um, and you know, a lot of prayer and, um, a lot of like, uh, just reality. So for us, um, you know, we had to also figure out, uh, our own communication with each other. That was a big part of it. And, uh, rooting out a couple things that were, uh, within our marriage that needed to be, uh, just rooted out, um, that were, you know, we're blocking us from being able to communicate well that we're make allowing me to be courageous enough to step out in some ways that I needed to. Yeah. Um, that, that gives a great segue to my next question. And I read one of your blog posts um, and all of them are so good and so enlightening, but one was, and it might be maybe your earliest one was three self-care tips for coaches wives. Um, and it was Bible study, find your tribe and invest in a retreat. Can you expand just a little bit on those three? Because I thought it's uh, very important for for the coach's wives. And even if the the, the coach is a, wife, um, a woman and the husband is the one who stays home and has given up his career. Um, mm-hmm. Why are those three things important for self-care and self-development? So um, I think that. Uh, well, it was a year ago this past weekend that we partnered with FCA to do a retreat uh, for coaches wives. And um, it was such a blessing, like obviously with everything that we dealt with in 2020 to, you know, to have that um, right before, because who knew what was going to happen? It was just, it was so wonderful to just have that time to be with people who you didn't have to explain the background of your life to them. Um, they just knew. Um, and so you could kind of start in the middle of your story and say, this is what is going on. And they weren't going to judge you for it. And so you didn't have to hold back. They could just say, you know, like, I don't want to go to the game on Friday and not have them say, you know, you're a terrible person or, you know, whatever it is. And so you could just explain like, here's why, and then get some good advice. And so, um, or, you know, I think a lot of times people think you're crazy to want to take your three month old to a football game. When in reality, that's what coaches wives are doing all around the country. And so (laughs) instead of getting the judgment, you just get the information you need, which is, which is the best carrier. And so, you know, there's some, there's some blessings with being with people who it face to face, who know, your story well enough to just encourage you um, and to do so in a way that uh, just refreshes you 
um, for the next season. You know, we, we, we do so much for, um, our team and for our spouse and for our family to get away, um, and to have some concentrated time for ourselves is just vital. Um, but we also can't just rely on a retreat, right? Yeah. And so daily we need to be investing in ourselves and that the best way to do that is to be looking to God first. And so, you know, right this year, I'm going through um, the Bible recap and I don't know if like the Bible project is something that, um, but the Bible recap is, um, it's just awesome. I mean, it's, it's so like clearly laid out and the tools that they have and um, aligning with it. It's just every day you, you just look at scripture in a new way, um, even if you've read the stories before. And so, and then to be able to talk about it um, with your spouse, like, and, you know, and even if he's, even if my husband's reading a different passage, it doesn't mean that he can't um, also share what he's learning. But, you know, I think, you know, when you are talking to God first, then you know, he's going to be able to engage with you in a different way. And so, and then I can't even remember what was the third one. Find your tribe. Find your tribe. And so then again, just going back to that. So even if your tribe, your local tribe isn't um, coaches' wives or like other athletes or uh, athletic spouses, you need a couple people in your community who are going to... (laughs) defend you. Um, even when, um, other people are frustrated with what's happening in this, you know? And so, oh, you know, there's, oh, we heard the rumors or, you know, there's this, that, and the other thing, like you need those people who are going to like, let's go out for coffee and we don't really care what's going on, you know, whatever it is. And so whether that's your church, small group, or just people that you can go shopping with, or, you know, whatever it is, go uh, fishing, you know, whatever that could be, you need people who um, will be in community with you who don't care what the scoreboard says. And that's what your tribe is. Yeah. That's some good points. Um, your coach, your coach, your, your husband has coached um, at the college and high school level. And a lot of our listeners are coaches in college or high school. And we have some professional coaches, but the majority is between college and high school. What was the difference in those levels for your family? Yeah. So, um, we loved coaching college for a lot of reasons. Um, Ordell is a, he's a great coach and, for our family, we always looked at it as a ministry. And so we had the teams over as in position groups and, um, our kids ran around on the football field. They grew up there. Um, recruiting, I think was really, it was a difficult season for our kids, especially as they got older. Um, you know, they had to have substitute parents and grandparents for every school event and, um, so that did get a little wearing. Um, and then, so you go from football season to right into recruiting season, right into spring ball, right into, you know, and you kind of get these like three weeks in July where you're just fingers crossed, like no one needs anything from you. And then, uh, and then the team shows up again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and, uh, the last stop we were at, um, at, at the college level, we were sharing a football field. And so we, actually, um, practice was in the evenings. And so we would have like three 
three days a week, we would see Ordell for like an hour and um, unless we'd go to football practice. And so it was very wearing on our boys. Um, And so, and he tried really hard. Like we would do one day a week, we would go and we would have um, dinner at the football office. And we really tried to engage with them, but by the end they were, (laughs) they were really checked out. And so um, at at the high school level, um, we don't have as much engagement with the team, obviously they have dinner at home with their parents and, you know, we can't um, do Bible studies with them. And, you know, we're not doing those types of things. They're not in our home in the same way. Um, at least not yet. We'll see post COVID what we can do there. But I think um, for our family, it has been this, this, this time our kids are, you know, it, we've only got a few years left with our sophomore and our eighth grader is, um, you know, just, he's so much, uh, he's just, you know, just a few years behind him and to be able to have their dad, uh, be home, um, by six 30 and just to be available to them for, and to be home on the weekends when it's not football season. And, um, they're, um, on the field with him for summer practices, um, and in the office hanging out with him. Um, but he's like, not, so distracted because there's just not, it's not as intense. Um, and it's, Fact commitment is less. Yeah. It's so that has been, um, so important. And so I'm not sure what, you never know what happens, but, um, our kids, uh, it, the, the switch in them was, it was necessary. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that, that leads me to, um, my last question. Um, what is something that you would like coaches to know? Um, if you, one message that you, you would like to tell all the coaches that are listening, um, about keeping in mind the family that they have at home and, and the kids and, and, you know, the, the impact that they can have. So, um, I will hear a lot of times like your family is your first mission field. And I think that a lot of coaches say that with the right intention, but it's always great when you can live that out as well. And so um, I think it's important to remember that like ministries will try to support wives, but wives are not going to be filled up with one marriage retreat a year. And so um, making sure that they're, you're carving out time for not only a date night, but also for wives to have some time to, to, to start to pursue their own calling in whatever that looks like um, without them feeling guilty. And so one example I can give of that quickly is like when our first was born, he was three months old and I had one hour to myself a week and it was for Bible study. And it was years later, um, the college student that Ordell was mentoring said, wasn't it funny how Elijah cried every, the whole hour that uh, Beth was gone until the last five minutes. And I was like, what are you talking about? Why didn't you ever tell me that? And Ordell's like, because I knew if I told you, you would stop going and that you needed that time. And I was actually not just going to the Bible study. I was also learning how to lead Bible studies. 
And, you know, that was, and I didn't know that at the time, but I needed that time to learn my calling. It was a building block in my process. And so, you know, it was probably a rough hour for him, but he, you know, but he did it and they got through it. And, you know, those time, those sacrifices are important. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being vulnerable and sharing. Um, what are some other books besides lessons from the sidelines that you would choose um, other coaches and coaches' wives to read and maybe read together in order to develop um, their relationships? Mm, that's a good question. Um, so uh, Carolyn Allen, um, who wrote the forward in my book, has a great uh, book for coaches' wives that I think I would definitely recommend. Um, and uh, as far as like developing your relationship, I think, um, you know, there's so many great, there's so many great books on marriage. Um, there's one uh, called um, Love and Respect that was really helpful for us as far as communication is concerned. Um, and then there's an, there's another one that's called For Women Only and For Men Only. So like the women read the women's only and, and, the, and that one was really insightful. There's a lot of like statistics and um, like, hey, we surveyed X amount of people. And that spurred on a lot of conversation. Um, I think the key is always like, hey, this is what this marriage book says. Does this apply for you? Um, And so I think that that's always the key in whatever you would read. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. We like to end every episode asking you, how can we be praying for you and and your family? So Illinois is about to jump into football season, which is a little crazy, (laughs) but, um, and then we'll also be entering um, into tennis season. So if you guys can be praying for us as we maneuver that, that would be amazing. All right. Let me close out in prayer then. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this uh, opportunity to chat with Mrs. Walker. And thank you so much for all the ministry that she's been doing everywhere um, she's been planted, Lord, and that she's living in the moment and looking for ways to minister to wives, minister to athletes and coaches. Um, Lord, as uh, Illinois now enter a uh, strange football season in the spring, um, pray that you give all the coaches and all the wives the time management, the, the commitment to each other to continue to develop their relationships um, and to know that um, their family is the the first mission field, Lord, and Lord, I pray that um, you'll be with Mrs. Walker and Coach Walker and help them to make a difference in the lives of those athletes that they, they get in contact with. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Man, I, uh, I love that. I love just uh, spicing things up a little bit, bringing in a, a coach's wife here to share with us. And uh, just hearing her perspective was helpful for me. And uh, I really liked hearing and put myself in, in her shoes a little bit on just with that idea of blooming where you're planted. I know a lot of coaches really struggle with um, being where they're at, you know, dreaming of that next gig or, or more money in the higher levels and just how hard that must be on, on the wives. Because I know, uh, you know, for my wife, the, the friendships, the relationships, the Bible studies, uh, it means a lot to her that she really needs that that social connection. And if the husband's talking about um, leaving there in a year or two, it, it's got to be tough for her. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, if if the coach is the one moving and getting a different job at a different school, they automatically have friends at the school, force friends in 
quotations because they got to work with more people, you know, but the wife most of the time is not getting a job, um, is just staying at home. And then she has to develop another new community community am- uh, around her so that she can get the support that she needs. And that goes with female coaches and, and sometimes, you know, male husbands who or obviously it's male husbands, but um, they that travel and stay at home and take care of the kids. That also is is a struggle. Um, what I really liked was when she was talking about the sweet spot and how we can really know if we are living in that sweet spot or how we can find it. Mm-hmm. Um, Chad, uh, I really enjoyed this episode. And coach, I think that you, you and your wife and your spouse, um, your partner would really benefit from listening together. Um, hopefully that will spark some conversation between the two of you. Um, and please let us know on Twitter, Instagram, uh, shoot us an email. Um, you guys have been doing a great job of sharing the episodes and we we love to hear from you on anything that you want and if you have guests that we should talk to um, also send it our way but coach never forget this the mission field is right where you're at even if it's with your wife and your kids or your husbands right where you're planted just like beth said bloom where you're planted mm-hmm.